I'm Danielle. I'm an addict. Um, and I decided why not share because Mary needed a person. So here I am. Uh, like she said, I was the second person um, to speak at this meeting when it started being a speaker meeting. So my recording's up on the drive. If anybody wants to listen, don't feel obligated to. Um, but that was nine months ago. Um, I had 18 months. Today I have 876 days. So that means next week will be two years and five months um, of sobriety. And uh, I guess like a recap of early days for anybody that doesn't know me is um, I was a pretty, uh, I guess, how do I say, not... Um, well, okay, I was an addict. <laughs> I'm trying to justify it in my head still that maybe I was a normie. I drank the same as all of my friends. Uh, I worked in restaurants, so I did drink the same amount as all of my friends and coworkers because they were all fucking alcoholics. But um, essentially, I ruined a lot of relationships at a very early stage in my life. I come from an alcoholic family, um, and I didn't want to change that. Um, and I changed it very young. I got sober when I was 23, um, which is really hard to do. And I listened to my speaker share before this meeting from, um, last April and just to hear what I said and to see if I was going to just repeat myself. Um, and I said a lot I think like just my perspective has changed a lot, which I find really interesting because what I talked a lot about was um, getting sober at 23 being incredibly difficult and a lot of people in the rooms telling me how they wish that they could have gotten sober at my age because they have 40, 50, 60 years of bullshit, um, whereas I only had 20 years of bullshit, um, really only four active years of drinking and um it does suck, though, having to uproot your life and not do what other people your age are doing. So I felt very alone for a very, very long time. And I was an avid goer of this meeting um, in particular. And I have been for two and a half years now. Um, but I stayed in the background a lot um, for the first year because I was really mourning the loss of my my addict life, my drinking life, my friends, quote unquote friends. Um, and in my previous share, I talked a lot about how it still sucks and how I miss them and how lonely I am and was, how lonely I was and how much I missed past tense them. Um, almost a year later, I don't think about those people anymore because they don't matter to me. Um, so that's something that I find really interesting just to look back like on my own perspective is if you put yourself out there, then somebody's bound to like you. Um, and I've made new friends, which I find very cool because like my friends now aren't 25 and alcoholics. They are 35 and alcoholics, but they're sober. So I'd rather fucking have that. Um, another thing that I talked a lot about, um, in my previous year was I mentioned like a lot of the things that I did when I was drinking and drugging that should have been a warning sign or just like a stop sign to to not keep fucking my life up uh, and then I chose to continue to push it all under the rug and keep doing what I was doing anyways 
And I think like something that I kind of want to talk about now is to talk about all the shit that's happened in sobriety, but then instead of um, wanting to stop drinking, but continuing drinking, now talk about how I want to drink, but have continued to stay sober. Um, because a lot of it is like very similar feelings of feeling like almost trapped kind of. Um, sometimes sobriety does feel like a trap. And something that I mentioned a lot last time too was that um, sobriety has not been easy. In fact, like it made my life a lot worse for a long time. Worse in terms of present tense. Things are were hard. Um, I was not coping well and I was incredibly depressed and it was it fucking sucked and I just got through it and I would say now that my life is much better now that I'm sober um and I plan on being sober for the rest of my life but something that I find interesting like being this far in and I know a lot of people say that the first five years you're a newcomer um I think based on like what I've heard from old timers and anybody else in between is you're kind of never really past the bridge of relapse risks or thoughts or relapse dreams or anything like that. Um, I've heard people in this room with 30 plus years comment that they've had inklings or thoughts or dreams or urges or maybe just a passing blip. Um, and it used to be very disheartening to me to think that for the rest of my life, potentially, this is going to be something that I have to grapple with. And I know a lot of us feel like it's not fair um, because it isn't um, like we are wired fucked up and it's bullshit. But something that like I try to reframe now and look back on is like, um, I think it's. I think it's really cool that, okay, let me start that sentence over. Something that Raven says in the tarot meeting, there's a card in the tarot meeting that says happiness happens when you do better than the last time. And that is something that I try to reframe that thought in sobriety into, yes, this sucks. Yes, we cannot do anything about it. Yes, we cannot change this part of our lives. This is going to be how it is. But... The most that anybody can do is try. And I think the most special thing about AA, um, this room, people that I've met, is that people are actively trying to be better. And when we're drinking and when we're drugging, we're not. And I don't want people like that in my life anyways. Um, so that's been like a huge thing of trying to reframe that thought in my mind and not be so woe is me apathetic about my life because I am a very apathetic person I'm a very pessimistic person I'm a very depressed person but I have to have some shroud of yes things are bad yes life is long and pain and suffering and then you die but that doesn't mean that I don't have impacts on other people's lives um, along the way and other people aren't impacting my life along the way which means that I would like to try and do better than the last time. Every day that I get up and get out of bed, I want to try and do better than the last time. And um, a lot of people told me, have told me, tell me that I'm 
beyond my years or whatever um that i'm basically an old person in my brain um because i think i have maybe grown up a little bit too soon when i was younger i really wanted to grow up i um really wanted to be an adult i wanted to i was tired of being a kid um and then when i decided i didn't want to grow up anymore i had to because i had to look out for my little brother because my parents are alcoholics and i feel like the childhood that i did have i didn't want and then the childhood that i wanted i wasn't able to get and um you know, I still had a very decent childhood. The tricky parts were my young adult and teenage um, years. And um, I think I've lived a lot of life for somebody my age. And I think probably a lot of us can say that as well, that we've lived a lot of life for however old we are. Um, because that's what happens when you're an addict and you do stupid shit. But also, it's just what happens when you're alive. Life happens to you, and I don't know if it's karmic punishment for something I did in my last life, um, but I don't think everybody here is a shit person that did some shit, some terrible thing, like we all murdered somebody and then we're reincarnated as addicts. I don't think so. I think it's just life's handouts suck, and um, it is what it is. And so I feel like I try not to be so... Um, salty and mad at the world because a lot of the things that I've done and gotten myself into were my conscious decision. I made the conscious decision to try and smoke weed constantly and be a stoner even though I hated it because I wanted to be somebody that smoked weed all the time. I fucking hated getting high and I had a friend that grew weed and I was like well I want to come over and get high with you guys because that's how we spend time together. So I forced myself to be a stoner and it took several months for me to enjoy weed. And then I was a stoner for five years. And like the same thing with drinking. Like I never wanted to touch it because I saw how it affected my parents and my family. And I was like disgusted. And I had my first partner when I was in high school um, would force me to smoke cigarettes with her and would force me to drink with her. And I hated it fucking hated it the first time I ever got drunk I got the day after drinking shits the dads and I was like miserable and did not know how anybody would do this to themselves because I was shitting and vomiting at the same time and why would anybody like that turns out your body gets used to it and then it's just kind of good it's like the hangovers get less but you have to force yourself to get to that point and I did because I wanted to fit in somehow and so I made myself sick I made myself anxious because I felt like maybe some sort of outcast otherwise and like I needed to fit into some box that I was cramming myself into a square peg in a round hole um and it just it was hard I did a lot of bad things um you know if there's a hell I'm already there um I'm surprised I don't burst into flames when I walk into church but uh, I got sober in spite of it, whatever. Um, I had a really fucking hard time, like I mentioned in early sobriety. I was calling suicide hotlines four or five times a day because I didn't have any friends. And I had lost my girlfriend because I cheated on her. Um, and all of my friends abandoned me because I no longer had cocaine. 
So I went to an outpatient rehab program that was five days a week. And um, I just wanted to die. I wanted to die every single day for months, months. Um, changed my career, um, just turned my life upside down and it sucked, but I made the conscious choice to stick with it. Um, and I guess going back to like what I mentioned earlier with the, all the things that could have had me drinking now, but haven't because I've stayed strong in my sobriety. Like one of the first incidents I had 30 days and I went to my cousin's wedding and, um, me and my parents got in a massive fight and I was planning on moving out of the house, um, at when I was like 22 and then. 22, 23, and then this all happened, like, where my life fell apart, and I got sober, and I quit my job, and I was going to move in with some of my drinking buddies, and that fell through, and so I was in a really, like, vulnerable spot, and my mom got in this huge drunken fight with me, and called me um, a bitch cunt, and said to get the fuck out of her house, and that I, just, you know, like, all the things that she's always said to me, um, <laughs> you know, you guys don't know, but yeah, uh, she's my villain origin story. And also, like, one of my closest allies. But um, I have mommy issues. I also have daddy issues. That was a huge thing where I was about to get in my car and drive away. And I felt so unrecognized for the work that I'd been doing for trying so hard. Because the first 30 days fucking sucked. And I was at a wedding where every single person was drunk. Including my family, who I've had to grow up and take care of my entire life. And I got zero recognition not one fucking bit and it just felt like the pattern was continuing and i thought i can continue this pattern and i can go and drink about it and try and drown this away or i can put in headphones go to an aa meeting and go the fuck to sleep and so i did the latter and that's what i've done since then um my parents now are just roommates we don't talk um and that's healthier for me um I felt like nothing was getting better in sobriety and that things were only getting worse. Um, and where I had left off when I last shared at 18 months, I still felt that way. And um, since then, like I said, I put myself out there and um, I've stopped being so, so apathetic about how much everything sucks and how much life sucks and how unfortunate I am and how unfair it is and instead I've opened myself up to people and turns out like people like me and within the last nine months I've like forged some really important relationships with people I've met many of the people in this room in person given them lots of hugs and um I didn't think that all of my best friends in the world would be through AA and it's really cool it's really really cool so things are much better now in sobriety um, because I have people that genuinely care about me and I've been having a very tumultuous time lately and this was like a really testing thing for my sobriety because I genuinely wanted to relapse and I still do um, I would say I'm in prelapse right now um, which is another reason I thought maybe I'll speak tonight just to put everything out on the table um, but I, I want to do something. And another really frustrating thing for me is I want to constantly do something. I want to drink. I want to get high. I want to self-harm. 
I want to kill myself. I want to do something that is going to make some sort of self-destructive change in my life. And I can't. Um, by choice, I cannot. So instead, I do stupid stuff like cut my hair or get a tattoo or get a piercing. And it's this short-term dopamine that never lasts. But if I were to drink, that wouldn't last either. And it would just make me feel like shit. Like, at least I have a cool haircut and a cool tattoo afterwards. Like, or a shitty tattoo and a shitty haircut, but a story. Um, and so I just, the whole thing is, like, just reframing because like I said in this space that I'm in right now and the people that I've met through this room in particular but just AA as a whole like it can be generalized I never in my life have had people care about me this way never in my life have people loved me unconditionally in this way have people been there for me in this way no matter what and it is incredibly unusual for me. I don't know how to take it. And if I never got sober or put myself in the program or in this position or in this room, I never would have experienced this particular type of love. I'm sure that I would have gotten it elsewhere and found other avenues. And who knows what would have happened if I never clicked this link. You know what I mean? Like, I think about the butterfly effect all the time. But... It's been shocking to me the last couple of weeks, months, etc. how cared for I feel. I it is honestly like the biggest gift I could have ever given myself coming into AA and being sober and people always talked about the fellowship and all that shit and I stayed in the background um and it turns out when you put yourself out there people like fucking care. They care and they want to listen and they want to be there to support you unconditionally. It's insane. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but it's fucking crazy. People are nice. People love you. People care. And we all have this like common denominator and it's mind blowing because I like to think that I'm a fairly decent human, hopefully. And I like to think that I am there for people, but maybe I've never gotten it back or not been loved the way that I felt like I was deserving to be loved um and I have that now and I am so eternally grateful um which leads me into <laughs> a new addiction um sex and love addiction which is something that I did not know that I really had until I was sober and actually realized that all of the love that I've ever had in past relationships in addiction was tainted, wrong, abusive. Um, I let myself be sexually abused over and over and over again by people that shamed me, told me I was disgusting, assaulted me, um, and I would just take it because I believed it. And so when I got sober, everything in regards to sex, love, and intimacy became like very guarded because for the first time I actually started to respect myself. I still don't love myself. The idea of saying I love you into the mirror disgusts me and that's obviously something that I need to work on if I get the type of repulsive feeling that I want to crawl back into my skin. But 
I have more self-respect than I did before. And it shows through my actions. Um, but I've found in recent history that I'm addicted to human connection, human compassion. Um, and I latch on to people. And I've done this in the past. I've done this in relationships, romantic or otherwise, where... The first meeting I ever went to, the first blank anonymous meeting I ever went to was a CODA meeting. And I was 17 years old and it was my first relationship. And I felt incredibly codependent on this person because I took all of their emotions and I put them on myself and I Googled it and it was like codependent. And I was like, Ooh, what the fuck? So I went to a CODA meeting. I Googled one. I popped in. They were like, God is life and Jesus is good. Here's a chip. And I was like, I'm never coming back here again. Fuck this shit. But I've always had this issue and I just would drown it in alcohol and drown it and drown it and drown it in drugs and this and that and then cheat on my partners and then be like, well, I'm just fucking broken. I'm just a fucking addict. And then when I got sober, I stayed away from relationships. But turns out you can't really fucking avoid them because like I said, people love you unconditionally or or conditionally, but regardless, people love you and... <laughs> when you're sober well me when I'm sober I break down and I let that happen because I want to be loved who doesn't want to be loved um and something that I've learned in sobriety is things hurt a lot more when you're sober you feel your feelings a lot more when you're sober and it doesn't get easier it does not get easier to feel your feelings it does not get easier to go through life as I've said in the past, raw dogging it because like that's what it feels like. It feels like you're just fucking plowing through like just nothing, just butt ass naked through a fucking pile of needles. Like that's what it feels like. And um, that was a terrible analogy. It just feels like it does feel like it's not going to get easier. Like I mentioned in my last speaker that things haven't gotten easier and they won't get easier. It gets easier in fragments. Fragments like being able to come and talk, being able to get feedback from people who understand you. A big draw of meetings and like fellowship and making friendships and meetings is like, you know, at least for me, I should stop saying you, I know that I am not alone. I know that whenever I would call a suicide hotline, they would tell me you're not alone. And it was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, shut up. That's not what I want to hear. But when I went to meetings and people would say, you're not alone, it was like, shut the fuck up. But then they would share and I would be like, whoa, are you speaking from my brain right now? And it hits different because you really aren't. And the whole common denominator thing is like, crazy because you bond with these you me I bond with these people who I spill my it's easier for me to spill my entire life and history and issues and problems and addictions and deepest darkest secrets that I would never tell anybody to a room full of strangers um than it is to tell like my closest friends that have known me for a long time or my family um it's way easier to tell a group of strangers but then those strangers become your friends <laughs> <laughs> and then they know everything about you but that's how that kind of stuff like for me helps me feel like I'm not a piece of shit and not like a complete crazy person and 
not like I'm an outlier. And I think a lot of us in the program feel terminally unique, um, but I'm not. I'm just a regular ass person that abuses substances, abuses myself, and abuses people around me. I'm not special. And honestly, neither are the rest of you. We're special in our own way, but we're all here for the same fucking reason. Um, so, uh, like I said, I'm still depressed. Um, but depressed in a different way. I'm depressed in the clinical sense. I'm depressed because I've been depressed my entire life. Um, and I'm not doing anything to change it because I'm apathetic. I am apathetic because I'm depressed. I'm depressed because I'm apathetic. And I feed off of my own bullshit and then make up excuses as to not get better. And a lot of people will tell me, like, you you did the work. You put in the work. You're sober. You've been sober for this amount of time. Give yourself some credit. Give yourself a pat on the back. And I'm like, I stopped doing that at nine months. Once I hit nine months, I was like, I'm officially not an addict anymore. So I need to stop bitching about this and get my shit together. But no, it's been two and a half years and I'm still like, wah, 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 wah. I can't even pick up the 10,000 pound phone and call my psychiatrist to try and change my medication. I've been meaning to do that now for over three months. It's a 10 minute phone call and I will not pick up the fucking phone and do it. And instead... I enable myself to be sad. I enable myself to bitch and complain about how much I want to drink, how much I want to drug, how depressed I am. And I think I'm afraid of being happy at the end of the day. I'm afraid of being okay. And I want this comfortability that comes with being depressed because I've been this way forever. And I don't know what it really would feel like to not be a glass half empty type of person, to not be somebody that has happy moments, but feels like a sad person. And I would love to experience it, but it's like I'd be leaving my coping mechanism, my little bubble of always knowing that like, I have this excuse I can make to myself. Like, well, if I drink, if I hurt myself, if I do this, this or that, I have an excuse because my... I'm so depressed and everything sucks and like I just do all of this to enable myself and I feel like an asshole complaining about it because I'm just hurting myself further but you know I try to tell myself one step at a time like one day at a time one second at a time one breath at a time one blink at a time like I can't think about tomorrow I don't think about the future I don't think about I try not to think about the past, but I try to stay right here, right now. Here's what I can do today. Here's what I can do right now. I'm going to call that psychiatrist tomorrow. No, I won't. I probably won't. Who knows? I'll decide tomorrow. <laughs> I'll fucking decide tomorrow when I wake up. You know what I'm going to do? Most likely, I'm going to wake up, decide I want to kill myself, and then go back to sleep. Because I can't handle being awake. I can't handle being alive. It's hard. Um... So it really is one step at a time. Like I can give myself the credit of like, and I know I don't give myself enough credit. Like I am sober. I've stayed sober through a lot of shit. I'm dealing with a lot of shit right now and I'm not drinking and I don't give myself the credit I deserve. I do not love myself. I do not tell myself good job. And a lot of my happiness comes from other people, um, which is not good. It needs to come from within myself. And I know that. 
and the whole unconditional love thing. I don't want to rely on that, nor do I want to become jaded and think I can be better off by myself. Relationships just hurt me anyways. It just feels like you feel everything so hard in sobriety. Everything hits you so hard, so raw, and it's like this tightrope that I feel like I'm walking all the time where I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to push this person away. I don't want to do this wrong. I don't want to ruin this. And it's, it gets confusing um, and it gets tricky. And the thing that I'm learning is you're not going to do things perfectly, Danielle. You're going to fuck things up. You're going to ruin relationships. You can't, you can't do everything perfectly. You can't please everybody. I didn't know that I was such a fixer and a people pleaser, but I am. Um, and I think it all stems from doing so many terrible things in active addiction, ruining so many people's thoughts of me, beliefs in me, how much they used to admire me, and just completely screwing people over and dragging them through the mud. Um, because when it's done to you, it doesn't feel good. And so I try so hard to swing in the opposite direction. And the only thing that I can do is try. Like I said, happiness happens when you do better than the last time. I'm trying. I wake up every day and I put my socks on and then I put my shoes on and then I step outside and I face the world because that's the most that I can do. I could lay in bed all day, um, which is what I wanted to do today. And I did not want to go to work. I did not want to wake up. I did not want to exist, but I did it fucking anyways because I have to. Um, and that's the most that I can really offer. Uh... Something that, like, I guess to wrap up is, like, um, hopes and goals for the future. Uh, I have none. I never have. When I was a teenager and people would ask me where I wanted to go to college, what I wanted to do uh, for a job, where I wanted to see myself in X amount of time, I just saw nothingness. I saw a brick wall. I saw nothing because I thought I was going to kill myself before I made it there. And... um. At this point, I could die tomorrow, you know? Like, I could get hit by a car, or struck by lightning, or a piano falls from the sky and crushes me. Like, I'm... It's fine. It's fine if that happens. And I'm just going to live my life day by day. Because for me, setting goals for myself only sets me up for failure. I'm the type of person that cannot commit to that because I'm only going to disappoint myself. And so where I want to be a year from now is happy. That's all I want. I just want to be happy. Not too happy, but happy. Um, I want to be sober. I want to be loved. And I want to love other people. And that's all I want. I want to have a healthy living situation. I want to have healthy relationships. I want to feel like I can step outside, put my clothes on, get out of bed, brush my teeth, and not fucking want to kill myself. That's all I want. I feel like it's not a lot to ask for, but it is. Um, so, uh, yeah, just to wrap up, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Um, I always find it weird when people said I'm a grateful alcoholic, but uh, I guess I am. Because if I wasn't, then I wouldn't have the love and support that I feel coming from so many people around me. Uh, and in this room right now, so... That's enough talking. Thank you so very much for listening. Thank you for letting me speak tonight uh, and for listening to me ramble on and on and on all the time. I love you guys.